This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. I'm Rich Lapore. And today we have a very special guest with us. We are chatting with comics creator Danny J. Quick. Danny, say hey. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And can I say that? It's like the most awesome comic book name you could possibly call it. <laughs> Is I mean, that I, your legit name? That's my legit that's, name. I Danny love it. Danny J. Quick, yeah. Is there any story behind it? Like, uh, I mean, what's the J stand for? No, uh, the J is for Jatori. It's okay. a, a name that my mom made up. My dad's name is Danny Quick, his, but he's Danny Thomas Quick, so I always throw the J in there so people don't get us confused. Ah, got it. Well, does that mean he is just in general in life, or he wasn't involved in media or anything? No, 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 no. He's just, uh, you know, that's just his... His thing, yeah, yeah. his it's thing. His thing yeah. My dad was weird like that, so I'm I'm Rich Lapore, and <laughs> he was Rich Lapore also. But mm-hmm. he was the, our middle names are both Richard Thomas Lapore Thomas, mm-hmm. and um, so I was raised Catholic, and he had this like real hardcore thing where when you're confirmed, you pick a second middle name, mm-hmm. um, and so he was just like he, he he it was this weird hang up for him. He wanted to be Richard Thomas Thomas Lapore. He didn't <laughs> want to pick another one. He wanted it to be Thomas, <laughs> and then he insisted because I'm a junior that I. Pick Pick Thomas also. Mm-hmm. He's like, this will make make sure that you're still a junior. This is weird, and it was kind of out of character <laughs> for my dad. Um, and of course, I chose Christopher. I was like, <laughs> I'm not having it. No, no, no. I named it yeah. after my my best friend at the time. So um, I refuse. I'm not doing that. I, you know, I mean, I'm still a junior dad. You mm-hmm. know, come yeah. on, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But I know what you mean about mm-hmm. generational yeah, uh, names. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah. So Danny is the co-writer and letterer <laughs> of the comic book series Ace Blade. Um, Ace Blade. Which is an awesome name. Um, the, yeah, you're killing out awesome names here. So, the, um, But, um, so, um, I got to read the first two issues yesterday. So did I. I know I read it as well. So, um, you're currently in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign oh, yeah. for to publish the third issue of the series. Right. Um, and um, I, you know, I love the first two issues, so... Um, but, I appreciate it. Um, absolutely. So basically, we're just going to be talking about the book. We're going to be talking about some of your influences as a creator, how you got into comics, um, all kinds of geeky stuff. So I'm glad ready. to have you today. I'm ready. Thanks. Let's do it. Awesome. Um, so I guess to start off, we just want to kind of talk about um, some of your major influences, what you got you into um, writing, um, into comics. Um, so to start off, I thought you, I know you're a big Star Trek fan. So <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk. Well, go ahead and talk about you know when do you, you know like did you start with original series or like you said Voyager is your favorite. Voyager is my favorite. I, I actually um, when I was in high school, I want to say uh, there was this channel UPN where Voyager used to come on every night. Like nice. and I would stay up like ten o'clock at night and I would watch Voyager no matter what was going on. It was Voyager and then um like I think on Thursdays was was wrestling was raw or something like okay. that. So I would always watch Voyager and I would always watch wrestling. But you know, that's why I think Voyager you know, a lot of people don't pick Voyager as their favorite, but it was my introduction into the star yeah. into Star yeah. Trek. So, you know, Captain Janeway has always been it for me. Um, you know, seven of nine and then the Doctor um, you know, the, the characters, it really, really uh, introduced me to, to stories that could really make an impact in people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the the main reason that I, that I you know, kind of side with Star Trek over Star Wars sure. is because 
I actually learned from the episodes. You know, sure. you they would always have a theme going on in the in the in the Star Trek episodes, whether it was you know diversity or mm-hmm. or um, you know classism, favorite whatever it was. And there will be a theme, and the characters had such such good arcs. You know, they yeah. all the characters learned and they grew over the season. So that was kind of my introduction into 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 real storytelling. So that awesome. you know, I always say that Star Trek um, influences my writing. Well, what's really interesting too about Star Trek is that. <laughs> That, um, it, like you said, it, it, it being episodic, like it was at least at, mm-hmm. at, at mo- in most of its mm-hmm. lifespan, um, it was able to. It, so, so there was that that overriding concept of what is it? The primary um, primary objective uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Directive. Uh, directive. Oh, there you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the idea being, don't interfere mm-hmm. with people's cultures and with the way that the universe exists. You can go there as you know an observer. Now, obviously, they didn't always make this work, um, but. <laughs> A, it was a cool um, concept mm-hmm. right, in theory, to and, and it kind of promotes you know respecting the different, mm-hmm. um, which which is something that you know I think is is a really good message. But it also allowed for a lot of you know very different episodes that were markedly different from the one that came mm-hmm. before and markedly mm-hmm. different from what would come after. Very true. Very unique and individual. Um, and uh, it just really allowed for some interesting storytelling opportunities. If you contrast that with something like Star Wars, Star Wars is pretty much Star Wars every yeah. time. Yeah. You know. Whereas Star Trek had a lot more range. I mean, you could have an episode where Data is Sherlock Holmes, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so right. it's 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 like that. For me, it was Deep Space Nine. Right. Um, that was my era, mm-hmm. um, and I think I watched the first couple seasons of that. But um, and then of course you go back and you watch the Next Generation because people mm-hmm. are all about that. People are all about TNG. They they are. That was. I mean, even you know, I was born ninety three, and so like um, you know, by the time I was into or my youth. It had come and gone, but mm-hmm. it was still that was the main one that would always air as a reruns, and yeah. um, that was probably probably the first episodes of Star Trek I saw were TNG. Uh, really, and then um, I went back and did original series, and mm-hmm. I haven't gotten as deep dive into you know, Voyager. I would like to do Voyager and Deep Space Nine, um, but yeah, I was always more a Wars guy. But mm-hmm. um, you know, and then you had the, the Abrams movie and all that. They kind of mm-hmm. reinvigorated a lot of people's interest. Um, and now we have Discovery coming up too. Discovery. I, One thing that I'm I haven't seen and I haven't seen a lot of previews for uh-huh. Discovery, but I'm hoping that they have some kind of android or or an artificial mm-hmm. intelligent character. Yes, yes. Those have always been my favorite um, my favorite arcs in the whether it was Seven of Nine, um, the Doctor or Data. Mm-hmm. You know their their arcs. You know they're the least human of us, and then you know always trying to discover humanity and the, and the things that they learned during sure. that they they they've always been my favorite arc so I'm I'm you know kind of curious to see if they continue that in um in in discovery Shout yeah out. well discovery discovery is an interesting conversation um because so it actually uh when we're recording this um it's actually premiering tonight mm-hmm. um is it tonight okay, it yeah, is okay. it is um mm-hmm. exclusively on the cbs all access app i think but also i think they're showing the first episode at least on tv as well yeah that's but then they're going all app which to me blows my mind mm-hmm. that's um, the craziest thing why i, I mean it's it's <laughs> we've it's talked about it too before it's 5.99 a month and yeah. and i mean there, you know, surprisingly, that CBS app is, I guess, maybe not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. To me, it was surprising that that is actually very successful. I work at a cable company. I talk is to people. Um, I talk to people. Yes. I talk to people all the time, and they're like, oh, I have CBS All Access. A lot of people that I was surprised. And what's weird about it, here's what's weird CBS skews older. Mm-hmm. CBS's demographic is like NCIS yeah. and those kind yeah. of shows that, that older people like, usually over 40 at least. Mm-hmm. So to go something like Star Trek, now I get it. Um, that that would be you know an interesting thing to do only on an app, um, 
sorry, I lost my train. What I meant to say was uh, older generations right. aren't as into right. streaming. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? So it's really odd that, you know, that, that they would that it has be that so kind of successful. Success, yeah, yeah it, it really special? surprised like, me. Is there something special that comes with all access? The idea is that a lot of CBS shows aren't available in any other streaming source. Mm-hmm. And especially now, they've really like pulled all their content from everywhere oh. else. So if you want to watch things like The Mentalist, for example, mm-hmm. a show I really liked... Or if you want to watch, you know, anything, uh, any of the shows that come on CBS, a couple of them are licensed out. But generally speaking, if you want to watch them, that's where you watch them. You know, we, me and my wife, we used to watch it. We loved The Mentalist. And then for some reason, it, we just stopped watching, I guess, because of, you know, because of maybe it's because of that. that yeah. We, uh, we can never how, keep up. With. How far in did you guys get? Uh, we got to where it was the red. It was he was finally getting to the man who killed his. Um, was it the third, the 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 second one? Was the, or was it that one where it's like in season three where he actually kills the like dude in the mall? Three. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, Se- like season three. You did the perfect thing because okay. that and if it had ended right there, at least the um, uh, episodic, not episodic, the serialized aspects of the mm-hmm. show should have ended right there. Oh really? Because after that, they like retconned it. I think they claim this was always their idea, but. <laughs> I, I think that they retconned it and they made it so like, oh, actually that wasn't Red John. Oh wow! And then like three more seasons go by, and when you find out who Red John is, which I won't reveal in case anybody ever watches it, it was not right. Okay. It was like that is not Red John. Like, that's not. Don't right. even okay. front. Yeah. Yeah. You know the thing. The thing about mysteries that's so important is you absolutely have to have a payoff that is realistic. Mm-hmm. If you go through yeah. a mystery and they weren't showing you that character and right. little hints, right. it don't have to be enough hints to actually figure it out yourself. That's whatever, but at least something in there that makes it like logical. To co- you can't just like dots, right. Yeah. So you can blindside somebody, but only when it makes logical sense. Right. This guy was like, "That is not Red John. That dude doesn't sound like Red John. Mm-hmm. That is not freaking Red John." And and the first dude, uh, Bradley Whitford, played him. He was perfect. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I, uh, your daughter used strawberry soap. I could smell it on her <laughs> dead body and all this stuff." He was like, "That is the creepiest shit I ever saw." <laughs> And, and and then I I mean it, it, then they retcon that and it's like that wasn't red. come on dude that was totally oh, red John man. you know it was supposed to be red John they were like I guess they realized that they lost focus after that and so yeah. they were like we got to bring red John back I don't know yeah I um, might try to catch up with it it's fun but you know. the thing about that show is the episodic value you know it's, right, yeah. it's really good to watch a mystery and then mm-hmm. like he does that thing that I love about mysteries where at the end it's called the drawing room scene generally mm-hmm. in like British mysteries where everybody gathers in a drawing room and the very smart detective like reveals his thought out. process mm-hmm. exactly. That's why we like psych to psych so much exactly. we love psych because of that they he break would always it down. come down and and do his little thing in front of everybody and then everybody's like oh wow oh whatever yeah, exactly yeah. exactly it sort of originated with sherlock holmes and and even before that with um dupan um but um anyway well and that's what i wanted to talk to you about in mm-hmm. regards to discovery because so traditionally in star trek uh, aside from the movies it's always had a very episodic format mm-hmm. as you talked about with Discovery, they're going for a more serialized narrative. Oh, really? Um, and so, oh yeah, they, yeah, it's very it's gonna, fully it's, serialized. It's going to be like just like the Nef- Marvel Netflix shows, kind of oh, you know, wow. like a, a longer narrative stretched over each season. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, we don't have a ton of information about what the story is, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the, I mean, you if you watch the trailers, there's stuff about the Klingon conflict and all this stuff, and mm. you know, we have the crew. But that was what I was curious about. What, what you think about that? Oh, I mean, man. I know there is Isn't limited information, but isn't yeah that that is weird i mean that's like like i said that's one of my favorite things about star trek sure it was episodic so um i don't know i mean i'm gonna give it a chance sure absolutely it being you know the from what i've seen the production value is really high they put a lot into it so they've been pitching this show i mean they've been 
pushing, pushing, pushing mm-hmm. it in 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 the, the uh, marketing mm-hmm. for months and months and months, and they don't do that when they have a dud on their right, hands. Right, right. They think this show's on point. They mm-hmm. invested the money. They delayed it multiple times. They mm-hmm. have great actors in it. Jason Isaacs plays like the the admiral or whatever. Yeah. I really love him. Um, Rain Wilson's on it. I um, mean, just the cat. Oh, yeah, Rain is. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And he's actually, I don't know much about the character, but he's playing a character from uh, one of the previous series. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'd have to look it up. But um, hmm. but the rest of the team is new. Um, but yeah, it's got some A-list actors. Um, Brian Fuller was one of the originators of it. He was going to be the original showrunner, but mm-hmm. he's Brian Fuller and has like a million he's projects to work on. He's working on other things. Yeah, it didn't work out, but Can't he was very no. instrumental in um, especially the pilot and the earlier episodes. It's also, and he, he being um, a gay gentleman, um, mm-hmm. is very into, um, you know, different diversity issues. Right, right. Um, so there, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a show that really takes that into consideration, mm-hmm. at least as far as we can see, mm-hmm. and is my understanding. So that's also interesting. He was and the I'm, guiding force behind the show. He defined what it was going to be, even though he stepped out for the actual execution. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why it's interesting that it's going to be serialized, because, I mean, Discovery, you think that's, like, <laughs> the perfect name for, like, a, a Star Trek, like, an episodic, episodic yeah. they could do, like, you know, like, a different theme each week, kind of thing. You can discover so. this, and then right. you can discover that, right. and then you can discover this. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's gonna, you know, fully put that aside, but it'll be really interesting to see mm-hmm. a serialized narrative play out. Um, so, I, you know, I am curious, but, yeah. um, but I think, yeah, I was wondering if you'd heard about that. No, I, um, I hadn't heard that, but yeah. like I said, I'll, I'll give it a season or two. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, it yeah. sounds like you went radio silent as to not have it ruined on you. Yeah, yeah, you know? I didn't, I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't want to know too much about it. I sure, know, sure. you know, the key things, but, you know, from what the, you know, the trailers that you've seen online, mm-hmm. I can tell that they've, they've really put a lot of money into oh, it. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks know. just like the Abrams movie. I don't really, I'm not usually a big, I don't care about spoilers. Like, I spoil Ace Blade stuff for people all the time. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but um, but you know, it doesn't bother me as much. But I, this is one that I'm trying to kind of stay away from. Yeah, That's smart. Yeah, yeah. smart. Well, I'm a spoiler nut on the <clears throat> other side of the, the spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. I always have to apologize for to people. I'm just like, look, you guys want to talk about Game of Thrones? That is awesome. I'm leaving. <laughs> Let me go outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to spill about all it. of it. I do not care. You, I can be out there for an hour and a half if you want. Mm-hmm. Just don't spoil it on me. Right, in my right, presence. right. Spoil it. So, like, I'll go out of my way. Uh-huh. You guys don't have to be inconvenienced. Uh-huh. So, um, well, anyway, well, go ahead. Um, no, I was saying, so, uh, speaking of age play, too, so as I was reading the first couple issues, I was getting a big Daredevil vibe from it. So I was going to uh-huh. ask, are, is he one of your major influences, too? Yeah, I like, I like Daredevil. He's, uh-huh. um... I I always tell people um, Ace Blade is kind of a mix between Batman and Daredevil. Yeah, he's, I can you know, definitely see that. In between there somewhere is where you'll find Ace Blade. You know, he's sure. not a billionaire. He doesn't have, you know, a bat plane. He doesn't have an ace plane right, and, right. and all this stuff. But, you know, he does have enough resources to do what he needs to do in his city. Yeah. You know, but um, he's also more gritty like, like Daredevil is. Right, Especially right. in these um in these um these newer Netflix ones. I'd say, uh, yeah, Daredevil Daredevil is is more of what Ace Blade is right now. Yeah, so. yeah. And I was going to say, yeah. too, do you like the Marvel Netflix shows? Yeah, I loved them. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody has their favorites. Uh-huh. I watched I watched Luke Cage. I watched through Luke Cage twice because okay, cool. of, um, another one of our writers, Morgan, he, he he claims that Luke Cage was the best one. I was like, I didn't get that. You know, the first half of it was great. You know, sure. the first six episodes were the best. But then that second half just drug it all the way down. See, that's one like, where I, I thought it could as well that it could have. Mm-hmm. benefited from instead of the 13 episode format mm-hmm. still have 13 episodes but do a couple arcs instead yeah. that's what i really liked about daredevil season two was yeah. that i thought they uh, some people just like our third host jordan 
he, uh, um, I mean, he still enjoyed it, but had problems with some of the plot holes and stuff mm-hmm. in season two. What I really liked about it was that there wasn't a super definitive connection between Elektra and Punisher there. Right, and right. they were able to tell those stories in the same season mm-hmm. and kind of keep them separate. I really appreciated that. And, yeah. Um, so Daredevil, I agree with you there. Daredevil is like, definitely the top of the list there. Um, yeah. You know, Jessica Jones did some really new stuff. It was uh-huh. cool. And then, um, you know, Luke Cage, but then Iron Fist. Iron just, Fist, yeah. Is it really that bad? <laughs> it really is. It really, yeah. I mean, I mean just that's to, what people say. Because he's supposed to be a martial arts expert, and then the martial <laughs> arts is so bad in it. It really, that, you cannot focus on anything no, else. Because no. I, because if you watch the show, and because I, I've studied, you know, um, Ace Blade is a martial artist, so I've sure. studied a lot yeah. of different kind of martial arts to put in, to make them more authentic. Yeah. Right. But... I can tell what they were trying to do. They were trying to show that he was so versatile and all these different fighting styles and all this stuff. But yeah. every time they did it, it was horrible. <laughs> it was like, who did you hire to put this right. put these scenes right. together? Apparently a really bad choreography team. Well, and appa- they were very rushed. They were, uh, yeah. Well, it was more of the rush because apparently they did have some really good martial arts experts there on that but mm-hmm. they were literally the actors were literally learning the moves like the day of the day of and I, can, you I don't know it. and you it amazes tell. me that it was a rush mm-hmm. you know the, uh, the guy who's like the um I, that's you're, I see from your look you don't know that one let me no. think let me think what else um, <laughs> I didn't know this guy either he's but a I, shooter he's, um, he, the, he, the show or the, yeah the show oh yeah yeah I know the main character the main character okay yeah, perfect okay, yeah, yeah so yeah. him okay uh, I wanted him now I think he's a little older than they wanted so that mm-hmm. was the problem but I would have liked him he was also up for Captain America and, I and always, he has this story back in the I day always too, pour yeah. one out for this <laughs> poor guy so so Ryan Phillippe's thing is he was married to Reese Witherspoon they met on Cruel Intentions and like she's way more famous than him mm-hmm. and he cheated on her um, they had kids. He cheated on her, and then it destroyed his career. Oh, wow. Basically, everybody found that out. Reese Witherspoon divorced him, um, and he became persona non grata everywhere. She, she, you know, it's kind of like the when there's breakups, like somebody gets the friends and somebody doesn't mm-hmm. get the friends. He didn't get well, she, she got the fame, and he didn't get the fame. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, like all right. the all the Hollywood connections apparently sided with Reese, mm-hmm. and apparently for good reason. I mm-hmm. mean, but anyway, so I had an interview for this movie MacGruber that he was in mm-hmm. back when I was uh, uh, right, a reporter, right? And he was in that, and I was the reporter for the technician on a school newspaper for NC State, and I got to interview him and um, you know the other people in in the cast. But he was like a really chill dude. He had his hat on, and he just he was emo as shit. Like mm-hmm. he was just like some something came up about South Carolina, like in the hallway, and he's like, yeah. That's where me and Reese got married, and it was wow. like really sad. And I was like, "Oh man, dude, you." I mean, talk about a decision that ruined your whole life for like oh. a one night stand. I mean, and so I've always like held a candle for this dude. I want him to get roles. I actually like him. I think he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And so he was actually up for Captain America, and then of course it didn't go to him. Mm-hmm. It went to uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Evans. Evans, and then he, now he was also up for this dare, this um, uh, Iron, Fist. Iron Fist role, and he uh-huh. didn't get that right. one. So he's just like he's just like uh, uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm-hmm. Every Every single time, this poor dude, um, and and you know, I, I it's Maybe a little overblown. He's really not like the best human being in the mm-hmm, world, yeah. but I kind of like having his back. So. Right. <laughs> Maybe he'll eventually he'll get some obscure MCU role way mm-hmm. down the road as like a cop or something, or like you know? a bad yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 he's kind yeah, of like yeah, you know yeah. cornered the market on being a, yeah. a bad yeah. dude, right? We'll see. Um, so anyway, defenders. defenders. Yeah, what do you think? I'm um, I I liked it. I I thought I it was fun it. too. It it has problems mm-hmm. undoubtedly, but. I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot more than Iron Fist, and yeah. 
Uh, that's not saying was, much. Why is I don't that know, the comparison? Not, well, it, Why is that the comparison? Because some people hated Defenders, and like I didn't, I really didn't think. It was is that, that true? Bad, so it's like yeah. the second worst. Some people, yeah, really, some people really, really hated it, and I, you know the story we're telling was kind of slow, but. I like the interactions between the the stuff that they exactly. did with the interactions and the exactly and because I'm trying to you know kind of get into film the stuff that I see with the the editing the way that they cut mm-hmm. you know cut certain things together and then the the colors that they used and then the the way that they you know played off of each um, character's personalities was really good all that stuff was good but the 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 actual um, film stuff of it wasn't as good. Do you, you know? mean the fighting? Do you mean the plot? Do I mean, you mean the, the sweeping narrative. I think the 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 villain you know the villain is the very villain underutilized. Was, yeah, had, was very it was Sigourney great. Weaver, and they really did cut her. Short. Yeah, when they when well, I won't see. I almost did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When towards the end, when I oh, see, I can't even say anything. Yeah. But it, I know what you're talking about. Happens. I know what you're talking something about. Something yeah, happens, yeah. and it makes it you feel you know kind of relieved. And when you shouldn't feel relieved, uh, yeah, so. yeah, 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 I get it. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I know what you're All talking right. about. So there's yeah. issues with that show as well. Yeah. So it's the second worst, straight up. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say just yeah, just because because Luke Cage, it does, like I agree with what you said about mm-hmm. the last half, but the first, I mean, the casting one is spot mm-hmm. on. And the first the half, theme, I love him and Jessica Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah, great yeah, yeah. in that. Need, well, and that's what I really like about that's what I really like about Defenders was the interactions between like. The interactions between Luke and Danny mm-hmm. was such like the Power yeah. Man and Iron Fist comics. Yeah. That's what really, for me, redeemed Iron Fist for me. Because yeah. I love seeing the, just when they're just talking, I thought mm-hmm. that was well, really fun. Well, plus, it's always good, and this is just my understanding because I haven't watched it, but it's always good when you take what's going on outside of filming and outside of production and you bring it into the show. So, like, mm-hmm. for example, my understanding is that you know everybody was like, oh, man, he's such a whiny asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have him whine all the and time. And so they had him whine and then get put in his place. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In the show, He's so the it's kind of like times. catharsis for <laughs> no, audiences, you know. It was kind of hilarious because, like, they made him the damsel in distress of the mm-hmm. group, and then Jessica Jones is the one who's like, "Oh, this is so stupid. I'm yeah, not joining right. your old she's superhero boy band," you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, she's 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 badass. <laughs> they did a lot of good things with that show. It was just, you know. I think uh, Daredevil and now this Punisher looks like it's gonna be so it's great. Gonna be awesome! Have oh you seen the trailer? Trailer for Punisher? I didn't. They actually. dropped a new one this week. No, oh I didn't gosh. see it. It looks sick. It looks like oh, it's gonna man. be absolutely crazy. And they're not. I think from what I'm hearing, they're not um, gonna even include most of the the other Marvel. Yeah, properties. no, so it's gonna. I mean, smart. They're. Yeah. I mean, it'll cover his origin and then mm-hmm. some of the post Daredevil season two stuff. It looks but, like oh, I mean, straight up Punisher, seeing like this John Bernthal in the costume and everything. I'm like, dang, that's straight out of the Garth Ennis stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna like have that. to. Man, I got so much catching up to do when it comes yeah, to that yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, how about other major influences? So obviously you're really into. A and lot this of can range from comics, movies, TV, anything. Yeah, you know? I, t- I tell people all the time that I, I I feel like I'm somebody's gonna find me out because I was never really into comics growing up. I I watched a mm-hmm. lot of cartoons. I watched uh-huh. you know Ninja Turtles, love Ninja Dragon Turtles. Ball Z, um, Schoolhouse Rock. What am I missing? One major one. What was it? Spider Man. Spider Man was, was like the nineties really one. Or, yeah, the nineties yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then um Batman yeah. Superman like Batman. Sure. The animated series oh, yeah, is yeah. my biggest influence, and Absolutely. even it's seminal. Yeah. When you see um, the way that I, I, when I go about um, writing Ace Blade, if you if you go back as an adult and you watch the the Batman animated series, you'll notice right. that he goes 
from when he's Batman, he's you know he's fighting, punching, and kicking people. You know, he's trying to stop people from doing something. But mm-hmm. when he's Bruce Wayne, he's always you'll see him at penguins galas. You'll yep. see him at um, donating to to um, Pamela Isley. At you know, galas to help her with her. Yeah. yeah, he's always out there actually trying to rehabilitate the the, the villains. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. see them as just evil people. Right. You know, besides right. the Joker, of course. But you know, the for the most part. He sees them as people, and he's trying to help them to be the best part of themselves. And that's, you know, later on, that's what we're going to try to do with Ace Blade. He's, you know, we're kind of building a rogues gallery for him, and he, sure. you know, interacts with these people during, you know, their daily lives and tries to... As a rehabilitating know, force. Right. He try, He's really trying to help them, except, you know, Gutshot is... is um, He's not that guy straight evil, but so he's the he's the Joker. Yeah, he's the he's his, his nemesis. He's our he's mm-hmm. the the physical embodiment of sure. of greed. So anything anything that'll make him a quick buck, he'll do. And um, you know that's why he's the the, the nemesis. And um, even though you know Ace Blade may face you know Blackjack and Roulette and all of them, mm-hmm. you know um, more than um, I love the names. I love the names. But, I have a <laughs> smile on my face. I love it. But, I, mean, I like Lady name, Luck too. What, Lady Luck is. Lady we'll Luck, talk. Right, we'll go right, into right. the book. But when you have a name as awesome as yours, you've got to be able to create. Got to be able to make the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, you know that actually brings us into the book really nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so let's let's talk about it. Um, I guess I guess first like the genesis right yeah that like, would be great how did obviously you told us some of the influences mm-hmm. but what's the what's the origin story not only of the character mm-hmm. obviously but of mm-hmm. the creators and yep. and this 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 group it seems like you have like a collective of people that work on this stuff yeah we've kind of grown grown a little bit but um back in I say 2008 2009 I was I was um, working at a printing company with this guy named Kristoff he was a machine operator I was learning from him and you know one thing that we could always talk about was comics and right you know he's a big big comic book guy so there was a time when you did like make that shift like right. not a childhood but in adulthood you right. were like mm-hmm. I love comics now. yeah 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 nice. he's um you know he he's a comic book collector. He he's like, you might have actually heard of him. He's called the Bad Jeepster. He makes um comic book rings for you know for people. So oh, cool. um yeah. he's done done for Stan Lee for all all kinds of oh, people. Wow. But you know he was like yo I have this uh this character that I had copywritten named Ace Blade. You know I never did anything but he created him back in high school. Right. And he showed me some pictures. And then that night I went home. Uh, well I, I talked to him. I was like do you mind if I try to write something? Because I was you know at that time I was doing poetry and I was trying to do some long form fiction. And um, I was like, do you mind if I try to, you know, put together some stuff? He gave me the basics. I went home that night and I couldn't even sleep because I was just writing, writing, writing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yo, this is, you know. Inspiration. I came back uh, the next day and I had like four, five pages already for me. He was like, man, I was just, I didn't know you were going to take it that seriously. Right. You know, but then I, um, I ended up getting deployed to Iraq soon after that. And then, um, you know, during that time, he we, we kept in contact, and he, he allowed me to continue writing. How and long then, ago was this? This was um, 2000. I was deployed 2008, um, March, April 2008. Okay. Into May 2009. So okay. during that time, I was I was writing a lot, you know, during my during the time that yeah. I could, you know, that I wasn't when I wasn't on mission. So, sure. um, you know, when I came back, I had all these stories, and then I started going to conventions with Chris. You know, he was. He was actually doing rings for um, the Green Lantern movie. He um, he he kind of he was helping design some of that stuff. And then the the guy who was supposed to play John Stewart in that Ryan Reynolds movie, you know, in the extra scenes, he was working with him. So wow. you know, I was just there helping out. And then I started meeting people. I was like, yo, we could really make you know comic books. I didn't know that you know just regular people could make comics. Yeah. The barrier yeah. to entry on comics is amazing. It really uh, is. It's so low and. You know the the magic of it is that the budget is not a concern aside from paying your artist, mm-hmm. which is minimal compared to filming. I mean, right. it's not even it's not even yeah. the same ballpark. Yeah, right. Not even in the same city. 
Um, and and so you really anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, there's a huge range of qualities. Of quality, yes. Um, and and getting your quality up is more of a challenge. But we're talking about you know five hundred dollars to five thousand mm-hmm. dollars versus five hundred dollars to five million. Right. You know, so that it's just a totally. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're right. That's a that's exactly it. And I didn't I didn't realize that you know I could literally just draw comics and then mm-hmm. get them published and then you know, but um, because I. You know, it wasn't 100% my character. I wanted to take care of it. And um, after four years of learning how to tell a story, how to craft a character, how to create a character arc, how to, um, you know, how to tell a story about about greed versus, you know, self um, self self-control. You know, um, putting myself and my life into the into the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Best way. You know, after doing all that stuff and while meeting people who actually did work in comics, you know, I, I you know, we've gotten to where we, we have the two books out, and now we're now I finally feel like I'm at the point where you know we can I have the enough connections to start really pushing it. Yeah. Sure. So that's that's you know where we're really at. Well, and I imagine your military background <laughs> kind of give you a lot of. Uh, uh, experience to draw from and mm-hmm. building the character. But, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, it's it's weird because the things that I thought I would learn in the military, I learned the opposite things. You oh, know? Okay. So when I was in Iraq, we I was I was a combat medic. So uh-huh. I um, but I was deployed with the military police unit. So okay. this was during the end of end of um operation Operation Iraqi Freedom. So um, everything was shutting down. We were closing closing um duty stations, all that stuff. And um, the military police I was with, their their mission was to um, train the Iraqi police to, you know, go out and you know serve justice, how to find the bad guys, how to process criminals, sure, all that stuff, sure. how to um, how to treat detainees, how to treat prisoners and stuff like that. So what I actually ended up learning was that you know these people are people. They're not, you know, there are people in that area who are really bad people who are doing horrific things to people. But the majority of the people that we were there helping were just regular people who right. wanted to eat they wanted to 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 do things in their life sure, they want to sure. just do their jobs and they want to you know so as a medic i kind of learned that there's humanity in you know mostly everybody so yeah. interesting and to be able to see that instead of just seeing a person as a as an enemy you know like i said that influences my the way that i approach characters in my um in my stories yeah so well yeah, i see right. that aspect of the character just in that first issue because mm-hmm. you know the way um the near death experience happens with his blade mm-hmm. you know, um basically his friend kind of was more entangled with the mob and mm-hmm. um got him into trouble and all that and um instead of just writing him off he went out and um tried to help him mm-hmm. and that's where you know that's how you got right. um entangled with the mob and gets shot and everything and so it's that kind of selfless attitude i see in the character mm-hmm. even just from the first couple issues cool that's, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> and what, what's the... I am forgetting the, his actual name, the protagonist. Um, oh. Terrell Durham. Yeah. Terrell oh, Durham. Cool. His Durham, awesome. huh? Terrell Durham, yeah. I love it. Okay. <laughs> nice. uh, for, for, you get it. You get it. <laughs> for reference, uh, nice. we're currently about 30 miles from Durham, Durham North okay. Carolina. So. Are you from Durham? Huh. Um, my wife is from Durham. Okay, so cool. Nice. You know, I work in Durham. I work at the Department of Veteran, Veterans Affairs in Durham, so okay. I spend awesome. a lot of time there. Nice. Um, uh, but my wife, she grew up there, so... You know. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more in depth about the book. So we have this character, and what's interesting about him is he's a what, what I was kind of not confused by, but trying to get to the bottom of, and, and which is a good thing, is that he's kind of 
being a Batman type, but also being a boxer mm-hmm. and also being an acrobat is interesting. Like you usually don't see those characters as like the really mm-hmm. built, like with huge arms type character. Mm-hmm. Why was it important to you to give him a background as a boxer, and, and how does that inform the story? Well, because he, um, because Terrell doesn't have any powers. He doesn't have any super superpowers at all. You know, I wanted him to be the single best fighter in the world because I know, you know, other characters like we have King Supreme. It's got all these powers. Lumberjacks, Black Scorpion, Queen Zaje. You know, they have all of these powers, but I wanted him to be able to hold his own. And that's one of my favorite things about Batman is that, you know, he doesn't have powers yet. He's got this huge arsenal of weapons. Yet but, people even still say who would win in a fight, Batman versus Superman. Right. And most people side with Superman, but... It, but Batman has a chance, at right. least, if not the winner. Right, exactly. Um, and so th- just the simple fact that he can even hold a candle in that mm-hmm. fight exactly. um, you know, speaks to speaks to that. And that's exactly what I wanted to, to show with Ace Blade. You know, Ace Blade is kind of our foundational character. He's the the foundation of the whole universe. So for people like, you know, King Supreme or whoever to be able to come to him, even though this guy can literally push the planet if he wants, you know, to come to Ace Blade with his with um for advice or to ask him how to how to beat a certain foe. You know, I wanted people to be able to to actually see why people respect him. So it was important to me that he could do something very well and that he was um, you know, a man of morals and principles. So his background is, you know, he that's all he wanted to do was prove that he was the best fighter mm-hmm. in the world. He wanted to prove that he's the and best he fighter. he wanted to do it with integrity and honesty. And he wanted, exactly. No throwing fights, no nonsense. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when you when you read the first book and he finds out that this guy had been manipulating things behind the scene, it really affected him. And you actually see the artistic shift in between, you know, the second book and the third book when it his frame of mind changes because now he's just focused on revenge. He wants to go and uh, fight this guy. He wants to kill this guy. But, you know, that's not his normal. The first two books were, you know, they were very detailed. There were were a lot of backgrounds in it. There was, um, everything was straight. You know, the characters were presented the same way every time. But because um, Terrell's frame of mind has changed, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why we um, chose to go with a different artist, an art team for for Mm -hmm. this um, third and fourth book. That's interesting. That is really interesting. So it it gets more, I'm guessing, like frenetic and, 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 and he has a... Like a more is he is does he get jaded at all? He does. does. Okay. He does. Is he, that um, like his hero's journey? Yes. He um and this is what really makes him this. It's coming to the point. Well, this third book, I you know I titled it the the undercard, but it's really um the vigilante complex part three. Right. Um. This is the point where he has to decide if he's going to um cross that line that he's made for himself. You know he he has these morals. These are his you know his thoughts and what he believes is right and he has to decide okay all of this has happened to me i want to kill this man i want to do you know what everything in me is saying to do but i have to you know he has to make that decision when he gets to that point so that's what these two you know his hero's journey goes to this point and then so this once is he the makes dark it, part this is the this is kind of dark part you'll see um in the third book he he when he fights these guys he you know he doesn't really care about them he you know he, yeah the the way that he goes about fighting it's not a sportsman-like thing he's trying to really take the kid out. gloves are off right right, yeah. right. right. so um, you know, that's 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 kind of what it is. Well, and so the vigilante complex is sort of the origin story. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, three issues, or does it go beyond that? Well, it's, uh, in the in the novel, it was five chapters. And, uh-huh. You know, um, like we said, um, comics are, are expensive to make if yeah. you're if yeah. you're trying to do them the right way. One by right. One. So yeah. you know, I condensed those those five chapters into four books. You know, um, so it'll be four comic books, and um, that's where we're at. That's where we're at now. We just um, 
like we were talking about the Kickstarter earlier, we got fully funded. But you know, if we can get to forty six hundred dollars, I think we'll we'll uh-huh. be able to get the fourth book made and then uh, make it into a trade. So that's awesome. That's what we're trying to do. What um what is the structure of the whole thing? So so obviously there's there's two issues that exist currently, mm-hmm. and then there's a, a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, are the two always going to be interrelated? Or is is there always is that novel going to exist, or is the novel basically being made obsolete by the comics? No, the novel the novel is always going to exist. It's its own story. You know, these first four, um, the first five, like I said, the first five chapters and the first four comics are the same, but will be you know telling different stories through both. the The novel has its own linear, you know, um, linear story, and then the comics are actually going to go in between that, in between those stories, but it'll fill in some things where you know that that weren't even brought up or or paid attention to in the novel so um the novel will always exist and there's actually plans for a second and third one but you know right now we're focused on the comic so yeah interesting <coughs> and do you for the comic um do you plan on just continuing using kickstarter to self-publish or are you seeking out a publisher or where I, I don't want to keep you i i you know i've wrestled with myself a lot sure. with the kickstarters because sure you don't it's not something that I want to have to do. I want to to be able. I want Ace Blade to be able to sustain itself. Of course, yeah. You know, financially, but because we have fans who who want to support us, it it would be idiotic for me to you know take my paycheck. I have four children. My wife. It would be idiotic for me to take that money when people are offering you know to to basically pre order books. Right. Which I mean, that's you know. all it is. It's right. not asking people to yeah. give you money for right. nothing. Right. And you're you're giving them the, a product. Right. Yeah. Um. So that yeah no I mean it makes so, it makes total sense as like a pre order platform. Right. So as long as as long as we um are in a place where we feel like we need to use. Well, it would be it's beneficial to use Kickstarter to, to make the books without um you know once we get to the point where we get these distribution deals in, in order and and um you know have some finances coming in that we can put back into the books I'll, I'll pro- we probably won't use them as much mm-hmm. sure but um you know or maybe for, use it to launch new new right, product that's yeah. what I, that's exactly and what I was about to say those we sure. have um we have a couple of other ones that we're going to spin off of Ace Blade okay. you know so um speaking of speaking of what you said about um about you know your own money versus Kickstarter funds. I think I read something. I was reading the Kickstarter, uh, the previous one back in 2013, was it? Mm-hmm. The other one? Is that right? There was one in 2013 and one in 2014, I think. The first, I think the very first one was in 2013. But anyway, what I read there was you said as the as the platform is called Kickstarter, mm-hmm. this is all about giving us a Kickstarter. Right. We're still going to also infuse our own funds, right. even more of our own funds than what you're giving us. Exactly. Um so that's that's a really cool uh, balance there. So mm-hmm. it's nice that you're gainfully employed. So that you know, Kickstarter backers are getting something that's worth two to three times mm-hmm. the amount of money they had to pledge to get it there, right? Sure. Right, right, right. So that's that's really cool. We try to give people a good deal on Kickstarter. We even have um uh, a what what am I calling it a, a retailers um deal where they can get ten of each book for ninety nine dollars, and it's basically at print cost. Mm-hmm. You right. know, I'm not making much off of it at all. They're they're pay, basically just paying the print and to ship it to them. You know, and then um. You know, we're like I said, we try to try to make it as fair as possible for people. We're not trying to rip people sure. off. We want no, we right. want people to. We know it's an independent comic. A lot of people, you know, would rather buy Batman and Superman. So for the people who do pay attention to Ace Blade and in the Fourth Wall Universe, we're we're just happy that they um, 
you know that they're doing that so we try to make it make it as <laughs> the best as possible for sure <laughs> i like that name dude. fourth wall universe oh yeah 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 that's uh that's what we call our little uh our little comic book universe so. i love it one more question about uh, the kickstarter process mm-hmm. what has been so far you've been successful mm-hmm. what has been the secret to, to that success how does one we always talk about this with kickstarter people mm-hmm. how how do you make that happen what is the key and a lot of times people say things like you bring people to kickstarter kickstarter doesn't magically like mm-hmm. create people yeah that's true it that, can it but, can but that's uh that's a rare thing but what's um, the secret to your success or at least you know moderate success so far i think just um preparing far enough in advance uh, just letting people know getting the word out to that this is happening and then staying on schedule we've um with this recent one you know we were funded in in three days so it we we spent wow two months telling people you know we're doing this kickstarter and we gave away free books we gave away probably 250 free issues of of number one number two Mm -hmm. and we you know we answered questions and we said okay this is what we're going to do this is when it's going to happen and then um you know when we launched we actually launched at greensboro comic-con and we took orders right there on the spot we said you know we had people take out their phone and pledge right there on the spot so it really just helped kind of boost it a little bit yeah and then um you know, now that it's funded, I'm I'm kind of at a at a point where I don't know what to do because I wasn't expecting this. But I, the plan is just to keep plugging it away for the next these next twenty days or or however long it is. Reach some stretch know, goals to, further and further. To, right. Do you have ones that are not met yet? Um, we the second book. If we get to forty six hundred dollars, we're going to do the second book, and then um after that, then I I want to do a. a we're working on a short film. Well, I've, I've written a short film script, and I want to do the trailer for that. If we, um, you know, but I, you know, once are you, we are you playing Ace Blade? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I am not fit enough to play. I wouldn't disrespect. I wouldn't disrespect Ace Blade like that. Oh, that's funny. Um, any other questions about the book that you had, Kev? Um, just, so just looking at the people in Ace Blade's life. So, um, we're briefly introduced to the fact that he has a brother. Mm-hmm. In issue two, you want to talk a little about that, or I mean, or is that too under the wraps? Because no, looks that's like it's um, be see the the not because the novel has been out for so long. Sure, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. mind telling people like um, what's coming. I had a um, I actually did a live a live um, video on Kickstarter last night where I went through the first two books and uh, I kind of told people, okay, at the end of the second book, there's this explosion. You know, all this happens, but one of those people in that house didn't die, and then the other one isn't who you think she is. So. Um, you know, those storylines come back together. Did you just talk about a twist? Yeah, there's a major, 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 oh twist. My <laughs> major so, plot twist. So if you listen to any of our previous episodes, yeah. Rich is talking about a twist at least five times <laughs> in every episode. episode. I yeah. love a good twist. There yeah. is nothing better than a good twist, telegraphed or otherwise. Mm-hmm. If you can, and, and really what it comes down to, I've, th- I've done a lot of thinking about this because, you know, people make fun of me for it or people will celebrate me for it or, or anything in between. But I love a twist. And, and so I always think about why I love them so much. And I mm-hmm. think what it comes down to is the the essence of any good story is a surprise. Mm-hmm. I want to not know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they say about, like, a good reveal or a good twist is it's one that makes complete sense when it happens, you know. Um, and when I see – but but that you never would have guessed mm-hmm. it. Um, and so when I see that done well, I mean, it's the best thing in the world. I don't know how well we did in the novel, but it is. I mean, I for it to have been my first novel, um, you know, I've gotten pretty good feedback on. Good, it. but I um I I kind of enjoyed writing that in there. I from the beginning, I knew that I wanted to do something. Yeah, and it has to do kind of with time travel and, and you know all of that. But the 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 breadcrumbs are there if you exactly if you you know if you go back and read it, you'll see. Oh, 
you know, that's why that happened. Or, yeah. or oh, that, okay, now I understand why that was going on. So, um, cool. Yeah, it's, it's the, the breadcrumbs are there, but, you know. I, no, no, I mean, I, I, I totally hear you. So, wait, this novel, where can we read it? Oh, it's on, um, it's on Amazon. I have, I was actually going to bring you guys some copies. It's printed. Um, it's in print, and we have, um, we sell it on, we sell the PDF on, on our website too, so. I'll um I'll get your copy, man. Awesome. And it's yeah. just called Ace Blade. It's just Ace Blade, the Vegas Vigilante. It's okay, on Amazon. Awesome. It's on our website, um, on digitally, and you know you can okay. actually get it. So print. so now when you um when you got the Ace Blade concept from your buddy, this mm-hmm. this printing guy, um, what was his name again? Christoph. Christoph. Did he have it formed? Like, was it al- was he already the Vegas Vigilante? He was. Um, what was his? What was there? And what did you add? He just basically had. He said, "Okay, I got this this black guy who's in this purple." He rides a motorcycle and he's about vengeance, you know. Uh-huh. So that was, you know, the basic. He, but did it have the the tie into the ace and the cards? Well, he he did have the ace and he had, you know, he he had the character design and all that stuff. He was like really, really X Men spandexy, you uh-huh. know, at that time. But, um, you know, he had the ace and then he had the purple and he knew he wanted to be Las Vegas. But you know, I just we decided to call it Vegas City. Um, but that was really it. He knew he wanted him to have a motorcycle. And that he know he wanted him to be a vigilante, but he didn't really have much of the story. He had a couple of characters, like Lady Luck was one that he created, and then um, you know together we kind of created the bad guys and you know all his motivations and stuff like that. And then I, you know, like I said, while I was gone, I kind of like just took it over. But then you know when I came back, he was so happy with it. You know, he says, you know, as long as you just say, as long as you tell people that I had a hand in it, I'm fine with it. So right. he wrote me a proxy. He said that I can, you know, legally I can I can um, write and distribute Ace Blade. So, you know, Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, did I see something about Neil Adams? Oh, yeah. We have a... Uh, <laughs> Neil Adams did a variant cover for our first... Uh, our first uh, our first Ace Blade. How comic. did that happen? Ace, um, he's a great guy. I mean, he's yeah. awesome. We yeah, met him a couple times at conventions. Yeah, yeah. He just, is, he's really, like, like, like sarcastic and yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, but... Um, like I said, Kristoff, he just he has those connections, man. He he he's always doing these shows because he makes rings for people, and he got um he got Stanley to sign that that um we got we got him graded. Um, I have two, and he has two. So wow. um, Neil Adams did one, and also Joe Staten did one, the um the creator of Kilowog. So wow, um he did us a variant cover for the first comic, and then um you know that was just that was just Chris doing his networking thing. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's awesome. The best yeah. thing I ever heard Neil Adams say was this year at Heroes Con. I was asking him and Jim Steranko about the. I don't know if you saw the documentary Batman and Bill. Oh yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, 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 yeah Finger. And I'm asking them all these questions because I mean these are guys that were mm-hmm. around there at the time. And he and Neil Adams just says so nonchalantly like, "Ah, oh, Bill was a schmuck. Bob was a <laughs> schmuck." You know, like he's just. I'm like the creators of Batman that basically gave like. Mm-hmm. were instrumental in your career. Right. Ah, he was a schmuck. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's a, he's a good guy, but, though. Yeah, oh, he is. Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. But that's awesome. Um, Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, I guess that, that uh, wraps up talking about the book. Yeah. That's I exciting, mean, yeah, man. It's a really I mean, cool-looking book. Wish yeah, you the best. I see a lot but... of independent books that um, don't nearly have the production value yeah, and, and yeah. just really don't um, do not do it like this does. One thing I really liked about it, just to give it a little plug on, on my take, is the fact that it... It doesn't go too all in on action. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it has a lot of nice action scenes, but it also has it backs it up. It has some good conversations. It has good dialogue. Um, all that stuff's really important because I don't want to see something where every other page is mm-hmm. people fighting. Right, right, right. Um, I, just, I appreciate that. Yeah. We we try to 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 develop the character. We want them to have the motivations to be fighting. Exactly. You know, so you kind of have to put that stuff in there. I like I like a lot of action scenes, but 
it kind of gets old if you don't know why if you can't yeah. you know attach yeah. yourself to the character and know why he's fighting what what are you what are you pun- throwing all these punches for why are you so angry yeah, yeah. you know so we that's that's something we try to include in there and yeah it's a really good collaborative effort too because it's you and Christoph are the main mm-hmm. writers and then you've got a penciler a yeah. colorist these guys, um, the art was fantastic they're really yeah. the champs yeah. these guys um who you know have really spent time developing their crafts the the inker that we have for the first and second book michael keller he uh-huh. really taught us a, he really taught me a lot about making comics and why it's important you know to take your time with certain things and, and having the quality and that, and that mm-hmm. stuff is really really um really shining through these days so and you did the lettering as well and i had to yeah. learn you know that first that's i always tell what is the deal with lettering how, how do you learn to letter <laughs> that's it because like what does I mean, that mean i'm working on some books right now and I, i've hired a letter for a project mm-hmm. i'm working on but like i'm just like okay i get where you go to art school for mm-hmm. you know learning pencil and coloring how do you learn how to letter a it's comic? a lot man like if you go to if you look at the first ace blade book and then you look at the second ace blade book yeah. you'll you will immediately see why it's important to have a good letterer uh-huh. the first book that i lettered it was so hard. like every time i look at it <laughs> even though i've gone back and fixed it a little bit it's still really bad compared to that what second book. what makes lettering now now i understand to some extent great what great lettering looks like mm-hmm. but what is the difference there like can you quantify it the the difference is is really the flow like you don't want the the lettering to take you out of the story first of all you I've, i'm at a point where i know i need to get an editor for our books and um you know secondly you have to be able to naturally make a person naturally follow the story the the words are you know the, the word balloons being on the on the page in the wrong order can can really mess okay. up how the story so is you told. mean like where the where the word balloons are placed mm-hmm. and and how that tells you who to who, which comes first who's who's talking and and you know the the certain emphasis you can put on certain words and stuff like that all that stuff is so important because you literally only have pictures and words so 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 being a letterer isn't just like the actual typography and placing it in mm-hmm. there it's also Positioning and mm-hmm. where you put the bubbles, even all of that. Okay, yeah, it's, I kinda, it's almost like a, a word ballooner. Mm-hmm. They should call it. Yeah, it's not just lettering. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's there's a lot that goes to it. Like especially when you have great art, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't want to like. Especially Squash. at first, but you don't want to cover up too much. But then you know you have to put stuff in certain spaces so that the story can be told effectively. So hey, you're not you're not you guys aren't Brian Michael Bendis. You still have some room. <laughs> I mean those those right. things read like a chapter book. Yeah, man. it's a lot. Yeah, they would go on and on. And two on. thirds of the of the oh, panel God, is yeah. covered. Yeah, you know, I kind of think of it like the editor of a movie. It's a job where you don't think about it as a viewer because mm-hmm. you only notice it when it's bad. Yeah, you only notice it when it's bad. But it's a vital part of really. creating that. You know, the story. And very true. Making it flow. That's very true. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, so let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit um, and uh, do something fun and talk yeah. about. Uh, the other stuff that we've been geeking out on lately. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so, Kevin, I know you have a little bit of a list, so why don't you start okay. with some of the stuff you've been checking out, and we'll all just pipe in here. Cool. So, I have a couple comics I really want to recommend. Um, the first is called The Realm. It's a new book by Image. Um, first issue came out, mm-hmm. I think, about two weeks ago. It's by Seth M. Peck and Jeremy Hahn. And Jeremy Hahn, we've gotten to Love meet several Jeremy times. Hahn. He's a great guy. We got to meet him several mm-hmm. times at Heroes Con. Um, really fun to talk to it's this post-apocalyptic book where basically all these like fantasy creatures like orcs and goblins and dragons have taken over earth and Mm -hmm. um the last of the humans are fighting to survive and it's a very it's just a great mashup between fantasy sci-fi western it's a lot like the dark tower novels really Mm, um 
just kind of like all these different the main character is a very malcolm reynolds han solo type guy mm -hmm. who you know you just love to hang out with he's got a sword in one hand and a um like a western pistol in the other okay. one and it's just one of those where um you know talking about how you know the freedom you have in comics the, because you know it would take an insane budget to do as a movie mm -hmm. or tv show with comics you know you can have he, they were talking about in the back of it um, you know, we can have a goblin rampaging through the White House if we want to, mm. um, and that's the beauty of it. So, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's it was a really a, good, you know, that's yeah. a really good example. Yeah. Good example. You know? Yeah, that's like what Like, when said. you always think about, like, what's the good example mm -hmm. of the stuff that you could never produce, even yeah. for top dollar? Mm -hmm. yep. and, and, and a restricted location like that is, yep. like, the perfect example. Yep. That's the perfect Because I don't yep. care if you have $20 billion, you may not get in there. Right, yeah. right. Um, so, mm. that one just dropped. Um, it's a lot of fun, and um han and peck kind of co-created it but um peck script is really so i he has some x-men titles on i don't know much about him but jeremy han were a big fan of his book the beauty oh, uh, so which good. is a it's this like if you haven't read it man this that's book. A, yeah it's, it's, it's about an std that makes people beautiful but it turns out to be yeah but it, it turns out to be deadly so basically the idea is that it heats up your body slightly so you always have a low grade fever mm -hmm. and what that does is it kills off any blemishes on your face it kind of I, I, I mean the science of it's not really mm -hmm. revealed right, right, it changes right. your facial structure to be more beautiful mm -hmm. more pronounced cheekbones better definition it makes your face more equal yeah. uh, uh, symmetrical so it just makes people more beautiful and of, and of course at mm -hmm. first everybody I mean, people like having sex anyway so all of a sudden everybody's like out being promiscuous trying to catch the beauty mm -hmm. and then it starts being revealed a couple years later that it actually like you, this low grade fever builds until you spontaneously combust and you die. Wow. Yeah. So it, and so oh, yeah. it, it adds it, it it leads to like interesting allegory for um the pursuit of beauty mm -hmm. and how that pursuit can kill you and you oh. know the the dangers and pitfalls of you know an aesthetically based culture and it's, yeah it's, it's the kind of stuff I need to check that out. Oh it's, dude, and not only that, a couple trades out. Um, the third one may be out on the. It way, needs to be out because about, the second yeah, one was like a little short story ish collection. Yeah, the but, first yeah. one is a masterpiece though. Mm -hmm. You got just yeah, pick up the good. beauty one. Um, it it's literally like a. Um, uh, it's ten bucks, mm -hmm. you know, from Image, yeah. and mm -hmm. it's just this just solid five episode five, yeah. um, uh, book series. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool about it too is like when they were making that first one, it's almost like they threw caution to the wind. They just like kept moving the story. You know, a lot of books when they know they want to do a long series, they 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 you know hit the brakes a little oh, bit. Yeah. Not this one. This book yeah. goes so hard. So let's go. That they're yeah. right near the end game at the end of it, so they actually have to go back and talk about earlier earlier parts of the beauty epidemic mm -hmm. because otherwise the book would just be over. Oh, wow. That's how fast it moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um so for better or worse, mm -hmm. I mean, you know. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the so we're big fans of Han, and we recommend all his books. But the Realm is a lot of fun. Um, the other one is a book from Aftershock Comics. Um, mm -hmm. It's called Baby Teeth. Um, it's got there's about five issues out. I've got three and four in my bag right now. But mm -hmm. um, it's this book by the writer is Donnie Cates, who um, he also wrote this book called God Country. Um, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah it's getting some buzz. Oh my gosh! So Donnie Cates is. I mean, he's. Uh, reading these books, uh, he's becoming one of my top newer mm -hmm. writers in the industry. Um, but Baby Teeth is about the birth of the Antichrist, mm -hmm. in, um, and it's told from the mother's perspective. Oh, so wow. I don't know if you ever read 
um, American Jesus by Mark Millar and mm-hmm. Peter Gross a few years ago. Um, that also to aid looks at the second coming of Christ. If you take and a look from, at, and by the way, if you ever see it like in a couple dollar bin, the book itself, the trade dress looks like yeah. shit. <laughs> it looks like this little dinky three three issue series that just looks like crap. It's old, mm-hmm. yeah. It rules. Yeah, really? it's a it's a diamond in the rough, man. Mm-hmm. And, and they're working on out. a reprint because um, they're it developing like a movie shit. for it. Oh wow, but, okay. So kind of like what with the other side, which is a one of Jason Aaron's first books. Um, they just did a reprint of that um, this summer, <laughs> and it's great. And yeah, it definitely did, um, and it's great. So they're working on that with American Jesus. But Baby Teeth is pretty similar to that, and kind of um, it examines you know faith and spirituality, mm-hmm. you know um, horror context, and it's really fascinating. But um, so Donny Cates, I've just become really interested in. Bless, um, he's a guy from Texas, and I mean I'm a Christian, and I know he, I think he has some sort of background, of that, you know, because um, he writes a lot about. Um, topics of faith and spirituality, mm-hmm. um, especially in God Country, um, and so Baby Teeth is it. I've gotten more into horror in the last few years, um, and it just has. I thought the characterization is really strong in it. Um, the art's great, mm-hmm. um, and Aftershock is really putting out some interesting titles lately because they kind of, um, you know, they kind of originated from a bunch of comics veterans kind of joined together and. We're creating this new publisher, and so I mean, some of their creators—they have like Garth Ennis writing one, um, Marjorie Bennett, um, Mark Wade, I think, is written one. You know, so they have a lot mm-hmm. of big names on there, even okay. though they're a newer publisher. It's weird, um, but um, Colin Bunn has a couple books there, so it's that's it's so really who did it? Tom McFarlane. That's how he did it. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it, it really yeah. Let's make it work. Exactly. So, um, so I, you know, first, yeah. yeah. So I've read several titles from AfterShock lately, and they've all been really good, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Baby Teeth is Like American good. Monster and Alters? Well, yeah, American Monster, I've read this good. Okay. I haven't read the other one yet, but okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, one thing you reminded me of, which I think would be fun to talk about real quick, because we probably won't have another opportunity. Mm-hmm. You see that movie Mother? Mother. So I haven't seen it. I haven't either But yet, do you but know what this is? I've heard So it's Mother, title. exclamation point. That's like, and it's, it's, it's the, the new Darren Aronofsky movie with Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence. I'll tell you where you've heard it. It is getting the most crazy, weird press there's ever been. So the idea of this movie is it's Javier Bardem. He plays an older writer, mm-hmm. like a 50-year-old because he is 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has this you know, very attractive young wife played by Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And the two of them are living in this kind of creepy house in the middle of nowhere. Well, all of a sudden, and I, and I don't know much because I've just seen the previews and I don't really want to like know too much, but all of a sudden... like creepy people start showing up. One's okay, Ed yeah. Harris, another one's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, I have they start that. rolling yeah, exactly. up, yeah. and like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is like, what are these people doing here in the preview? Mm-hmm. And Javier Bardem's like, they've come to see me. And then like, and then she's like, but why? And he's like, doesn't answer. And then, and then later he goes, and she goes like, what are they all doing here? And then it looks, starts looking like a lynching where there's all these people like moving in in the dark mm-hmm. with like torches and stuff. And then, and then uh, he, she goes, what are they doing here? He goes, they're waiting. They're here to wait and anticipate. So to me, just seeing this, it looks like maybe, the reason this that reminded me of it, it looks like maybe he's the devil and she is... She's supposed to be like uh, Mother Nature kind of thing, from what I and, know. And so he's My like the devil and like imp- she's like the mother of death maybe. Who knows? But here's the idea. Here's what, I mean, here's what's happening. So we went to see It about a week yeah. ago, two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah, yeah. And when we went to see It, at the beginning of the movie, I guess they kind of <laughs> knew it was going to be divisive and hard to sell. So at the beginning of the movie, there's this trailer, and it's the most it's aggressive. It's not a trailer. It's a, like, 
go buy your tickets at the box office right after the movie. Like <laughs> it was, just, it like, was go get your mother tickets. Over and it was like, nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was like mother is coming and it says tickets available now. Don't walk, run to the freaking concession stand. I was, I, like, I've never heard anything like no, that. No, it was just so in your face and aggressive. Uh-huh. And yeah, so it's yeah. like they kind of knew it was going to be a tough sell, and they also knew there was horror right, audiences sure that hit. Uh, sure enough, it didn't do well in the box office. I think mm-hmm. it made seven million total or something. It just yeah. really poorly. But the thing is, that's interesting. There's only a very small group of movies that have a very interesting distinction of having an F rating on Cinema Score. What is that? Now, F Cinema rating? Score yeah, I is. I didn't really know too much about this before. It's what audience members do. So they, what they do is they go to different theaters and audience members come out and they ask them what did you think of the movie on an A to F scale. Mm-hmm. And it got an F average mm-hmm. from audiences. Wow. But then on the critical scale it got a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Not like overwhelmingly uh-huh. positive. More like but a 75 were, out of yeah, 100. Which is pretty good for a critic store. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. and so there, I mean, there were some critics who loved it. Some thought it was okay. Few also didn't really like it. But overall it did fairly well with critics. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and, and yet it's bombing, and, yeah. and, and a lot of people are saying it is literally uh, uncategorically, or categorically, the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. Um, and this is, now yeah. Darren Aronofsky is always known for making kind of divisive films. They're sure. intense. I think he made Pie. He Pie, made Black Swan. Black Swan, oh, which yeah. was actually successful. Mm-hmm. That one was. Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for Requiem a Dream, for which, a dream. which is the most horrendous thing ever. I won't even watch it because I know what it's about. <laughs> Bro, yeah, that movie. I don't think I could make it through it even as an I think I've tried to watch it yeah. when I was like 20. Yep. Right, right. That but So, so it's that, but more ambiguous, darker, and weirder. And so, to me, like, <laughs> I don't want that experience. Darker and weirder than Danny's right. got yes. this, like, confused expression on is his face. Is that possible? Like, yeah. <laughs> Apparently so. That's the thing. This movie is the kind of movie that, like, and well, here's my guess about what it is. My guess is that it has all kinds of interesting concepts, mm-hmm. yeah. and then by the end, they just, like, basically say, fuck you, we're not telling you what any of it means. And that's annoying. Yeah. And that's I hate just, that. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's like, I'm an auteur, and, like, you need to read into it what you want. Interpret it. Uh, yeah. And there's good ways to do that. Like, at and the I mean, end I, of a brilliant movie called mm-hmm. Inception, there's a coin spinning, <laughs> right, right, right. and you yeah. don't know if it stops spinning or it seems like it's wobbling. <sighs> that's a brilliant way to do it. We still have kind of a conclusion but they just leave a little question up there's in the so air. many layers uh, exactly <laughs> i mean i uh, like i just pitched a short story to a small anthology comics anthology mm-hmm. and it was kind of my artist suggestion to have it i originally had a definitive ending there that but it's only a five-page story and so mm-hmm. we collectively decided to leave it at an ambiguous mm-hmm. um but it's not so much that it's just like yeah mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a fun way because we wanted to kind of leave the reader okay what um happens to this guy when he gets on this planet oh, um yeah, but okay. Um, but yeah, when it's like a feature length like that, and mm-hmm. you're just dragging the audience along for this, just this mind crazy trip, mind trip. and then give them nothing at yeah. the end. Like even, I mean, David Lynch, you know, he's he's he does similar things, like make sure. an 18 episode Twin Peaks uh, new series mm-hmm. that basically has makes no sense, and if it does make sense, it gives you no closure. Like everybody just wanted closure, apparently it gives you none of it mm-hmm. after 18 episodes. I mean, so there are directors that do this, and there are ones that can pull it off relatively successfully. Yeah. You're never going to be a Spielberg or a mm-hmm. or a um, James Cameron doing that. But, I mean, you can do it somewhat successfully, but this apparently just pissed people off. Mm-hmm. And I could see that. But anyway, I think it's probably about something about the Antichrist, so it reminded me of that. And it's a yeah, good opportunity yeah. to mm-hmm. talk about this crazy phenomenon, because I'd never heard and seen such a... Not not just bad, so you can't write it off. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 weird. So Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, well, <laughs> on that, well, what have you watched around um, So I've been doing a lot of, uh, of, of British TV like I always do. One of the big things that I've been checking out lately... 
So J.K. Rowling of Harry Potter fame, mm-hmm. um, her new career or, or one of her new careers, aside from like working on the uh, Fantastic Beasts movies. Oh, she has um, something else. Yes, huh. it is called um, the Cormoran Strike Mysteries. Mm. So she has she writes under a pseudonym, but everybody knows it's her. It's very clear that it's her, and the pseudonym is Robert Galbraith. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robert Galbraith is um, like she she originally released this this mystery novel called The Cuckoo's Calling. And she put it out under his name, and no one knew who it was. It was totally like stealth. Mm-hmm. Like I think it sold, you know, forty five hundred copies. Like mm-hmm. not very much, but it got pretty well reviewed. She just wanted to have the feeling of what it would be like to be like a new author mm-hmm. without all the the weight and the preconceived notions. So she did that, and then after a little while, like they gave in, and they were like, Psst, "It's J.K. It's Rowling. Rowling." And then the book is millions and millions and millions. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like make it happen. Regardless, okay. though, the book is fantastic. So Cuckoo's Calling is great. What's great about it is the the detective is a guy named Cormoran Strike. He is a um, war vet mm-hmm. um, who went through some really effed up stuff in the war. Um, he lost his leg, so mm-hmm. he's a detective that only has one leg, um, and it's constantly got giving him pain. He's got a lot of uh, you know he. And what's interesting is he he he's not just like obscure like a lot of detectives. They just live in obscurity. He like touches on fame all the time because his deal is that he's actually the uh, bastard son of Johnny Rokeby, who was a rock star, and his mm-hmm. mom Cormoran Strike's mom was a groupie for this band and like they had a one night stand and they had Cormoran. So he so he he has a famous rock star father and a famous groupie mother, but yet he went like to war. He's very like legit, kind of brooding, but also really charismatic. Mm-hmm. And he and he's not like the typical handsome lead. Like he supposedly built like a boxer and, and like a but like a like a brutish boxer, not like a not like a ripped cut cool you know what I mean? Like just yeah. mm-hmm. like like just anyway. Um and like he supposedly has hairs that they describe looking like pubes. I mean, like it's just just not supposed to be attractive, you know. Yeah, right. And so anyway, the books are great. I read the first one and the second one. The second first one is about called the Cuckoo's Calling, and it's kind of a send up of celebrity culture because it's about a, a young um, half African American, half white woman who is murdered, and then like you know the, it, it all it, it has to do with you know issues of race and origin and heritage and 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 also the fame machine and how it can mm. kill you and that kind of stuff. And then that was a great one with a really good twist at the end that I loved. They mm. sold it really excellent, very good um, um, drawing room scene at the end. Mm-hmm. And then the Silkworm was even better as the second one, and that one is about the publishing industry. And J.K. Rowling obviously knows everything about it, especially the British publishing industry. So it's a send up of that, and it's tons of inside info. It feels like you're really listening to an expert talk mm-hmm. about this this thing. But anyway, he has an assistant, Robin Ellicott, who's cute but not gorgeous, and the two of them have sexual tension, but they're not getting together, which mm-hmm. is refreshing so the two of them are there's a little attraction there but she's engaged and then like i think gets married and and maybe the third book but anyway and then there's a third book that i got about halfway through and then i paused because a million other things took my attention and then now there's a series that just launched called strike um and it is a co-production between the bbc primarily and over here it's going to be shown on hbo Mm -hmm. however it isn't here yet it is only aired on the bbc in the uk um, so I went online and got a copy of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was available anywhere legally, I would have gone that route, but it is not. I understand. Um, and so, uh, and and it is British, so I don't even know if that's an American crime. <laughs> anyway, um, so I watched the first um, 
The Cuckoo's Calling, and it's one of the best crime dramas I've seen in a long, oh, wow. long time. It's fantastic. They do it justice. They don't leave any of the things you really want to get hit in the book, like from the book. They hit all of that, and there's a lot of stuff left out in character development. Cormoran is now played by a more attractive person than maybe would have been depicted in the book. Yeah. Um, Robin Ellicott is drop dead gorgeous in this. Where in the book she's a little more plain. Mm. Um, but aside from those couple like realities of having a TV show that looks aesthetically pleasing, um, it's a really good series. So when it comes to HBO. I would definitely recommend it. Um, they're called the the Cormoran Strike Mysteries, and I think they just reshortened it to Strike. Um, but I've been watching those lately, and they are awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's my biggest what I've been watching. I've been playing a lot of video games, so I'm a huge gamer. Um, Destiny 2 is owning my life right now. Also, Samus Returns. Um, there's an episode of The Joy of Gaming we actually recorded last night that will be going up um, in the next couple days, which will uh, give you some insight into that. So I won't go too much into those. Um and then tonight I'm going to be watching Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. And that's and that's and that's kind that's of where weird. that's at. Nice. Um, how about you? I'm going to try to get into. I'm going to try to get home so I can get to Star Trek too. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, recently I I had to get rid of my PlayStation Four because this game, um, Horizon New Dawn. Oh, it's I have it. I haven't gotten to it yet. It was literally. I was up four o'clock in the morning. I was like, I have to get up at six to go to work. Oh. And literally three days out of the good. week, it was that good. You know, I haven't played a lot of video games in a long time, but. But that game was like, it was really taking it up a lot of time. So I had to just go ahead. I was like, look, I'm going to have to take, I'm going to have to sell this PS4. Really? Because you I don't have You took that drastic time. a measure. I, I had to because the game, I was literally, my son would stay up with me because he was so excited about it. There's these huge dino- like yeah, metal yeah, dinosaurs yeah, that you have Which kids love dinosaurs. Oh so do adults. So do we. It was right? so great. It was such a great game. Like, Did you finish only, it though? No, I didn't finish it. Oh, I got, wow. And, that, and that's what's making me, you know... I want to. I want to go ahead. I might have to just go buy another PlayStation Four, but I'm trying not. When to you that. have some downtime, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it really is an interesting balance <laughs> mm-hmm. to try to balance the stuff you want to do, you know, productivity wise, right. and making stuff, and then creating your mm-hmm. own media right, right, versus right. consuming media. Right. And with games, they're more addictive than anything else. Really, and so therefore, getting them out of your life would free up a ton of time. Mm-hmm. So I could see why you'd make that decision. I went and I beat um, that infamous game. Infamous. I think it's infamous. Was last my, light or whatever. Um, the last, the last son or something, something like that. Second son. The second son. That's right. Um, you know, I, I I went through that game. I beat it. You know, I didn't get to one hundred percent, but sure. you know, I, I beat that game. And then, uh, you know, my son and I, I also beat uh, Mario um, on Color Splash from, from the Wii. But did you? Yes, that game I was, love those games. The game Paper Mario games. That game was amazing. Did the combat system work out well? Because my yeah, understanding was it wasn't awesome. It did. It that, was. It was. It, I'll probably put it at number two in the Paper Mario series. It was. Wow. A really you mean good after game. Thousand Year Door? After Thousand. Year All right. Year. Definitely. This guy's got Definitely. good taste. <laughs> I can attest. Um, but um, my son. Actually, my son and my daughter, my youngest daughter, or my middle daughter, they actually cried at the end of the game. It was that good. Mario and Mario was emotional. Yes. <laughs> and it was about color, and the, there was this character. Well, uh, I don't yeah, don't ruin hey, it. Hey, I got it was, emotional but, during the Flash season one finale. But so. it's got an interesting yeah, allegory to, 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 to the idea of color. And, right. And, okay, got it. it, was a, it was, I got to check it really out. Good. It was really good. I got to um, get to it. That's a, um, that's a Wii U game. So you were down in it with games, because that oh, yeah. what you just told me means that you had a Wii U. Yes, I've and, had every, every Nintendo console that's ever been created, even the Virtual Boy, I had it. Except the Switch. Except I have because I don't you have don't want to do that because right right because um, when I get the Zelda game there will be nothing else that I'm doing right and yeah. you've got and you've got Ace Blade comics to yes make. yes I have stuff to make and mm-hmm. I have to I have to 
to pay bills. And a full and a full career. <laughs> yes, yes, so, yes. Um, anything else aside from you're going to watch Star Trek tonight? Is there? Do you now that you're not playing? You games, said you started reading Invincible lately. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How far are you in that? I just got. I, f- I just finished the first trade. Nice. Um, I think I'm going to pick up the next one. You know, the the series is coming. Sure, to an end sure. Soon, so I'm going to try to. Um, I'm trying to trying to focus on that and, and catch up before it, you know. What, I don't know what it probably won't be before it ends, but what drove you into that book? Well, About, was, there's so many choices on the stands. I was looking for. I literally put up a Facebook post and I was asking some people what are their favorite, you know, indie in air quotes, um, you know, comics, you know, and you know, Invincible kept coming up and I'd never read it. So, um, you know, I know I know of The Walking Dead and mm-hmm. you know, I know who Robert Kirkman is. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this one out. And then um, there was also. Another one that I'm reading is um, God Send by Lee Giles. It's um, mm. their, their company is called About Time Comics. Okay, and um, you know it's a pretty good series. The, the, he's a, he's a hardworking guy. He's a good guy. And then um, um, Fairy Tale Nights. The, actually, the 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 artist for Ace Blade Three is um, you know this this artist Wally McNair, who's from Charlotte. He has this book that he just did, Fairy Tale Nights, um, about fairy tales actually being a separate dimension from, mm-hmm. and then um, how. That's what um, Fables does too. Right, right, right. And they have a um you know, there's this child, one of the Order of the Red, who's the one of the Red Riding Hoods, who is um, you know, kind of the key to keeping those worlds separate and why it's important. Right. And um but also why it's important to have, you know, the the, the world of imagination for kids and all that stuff. This is a very indie comic? Yes. Very, I gotta check that indie. out. It that sounds, sounds good. Awesome, yeah. It's really yeah. good. He's a um, he's an amazing artist and storyteller. And then um um, also, I met this guy at um, Greensboro Comic Con named Gene Willis- Gene Willoughby, and he has this uh, series that he that he wrote called The Sunstroms. It's about a super superpowered family. It's kind of like a uh, Incredibles. Um, I mean, the Incredibles, right? Incredibles, right? But um, it starts off with the, the the two parents, the parents of the of the kids dying, and you know it's kind of a, a, a superpower murder mystery. What? So, yeah. What? So, um, he's, Where can he's I get that? Out. Um, I I, I follow is him it on complete? Instagram. The novel is complete, but he's he's trying to do comics now too. So, um, I follow him on Instagram. Jer- it's, it's what is it? Sunstrom's novel. On Gene Instagram. Willoughby. Gene All right, Willoughby. I'll check that so, out. That's solid. That's one that I'm, I'm going to be trying to get into soon. So that's that's really about it. Cool. Though. One book you might really like to read with your kids, especially um, it's a, we met this guy at Heroes this year. He worked um, at DreamWorks for a while. Yeah. Mm. It, so it's called Alabaster Shadows. It's an Oni Press comic. The first okay. gra- it's going to be a series of graphic novels, just like Scott Pilgrim. So it's mm-hmm. um, they all come out in that format, and the first book is out. Um, super nice guy okay. and Matt Gardner. Um, okay. And I'm drawing a blank on the artist's name off the top of my head, but. Um, it's the it's very Stranger Things esque. Like mm. these kids move into this weird town, and um, there's all this paranormal activity going on, and they have to get to the bottom of this mystery. And you know, it's for kids, so it. Um, but the art style is just so wonderful, it's beautiful, cartoonish, it's beautiful. beautiful. And um, I read through that in like a sitting while I was on vacation. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and it's so good. But it's a great one to read with your kids because yeah. it's so all ages, and um, it's a little bit of dark fantasy but not scary or anything not, okay. just yeah my middle really daughter fun. probably loves it she's yeah. she wants to go see it and i'm like <laughs> dude it is so oh, scary man. i was listening to your last uh your your last podcast yeah. i think i'm the only person left who hasn't seen it oh uh, <laughs> yeah if we, if we oh right that was the intro that was the intro right about yep. about how like i'm a human and i'm on earth so mm-hmm. i've seen yeah, it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay well let me say this then um two little things we do at the end of every episode number one what are you going to be doing next so what's your what's on your agenda kevin agenda um i'm doing that writing and then reading wise um 
So I'm, all, I'm going through a lot of Rebirth titles and trades. Um, I just tried the first volume of Nightwing the other day. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as great as I expected to be. I heard a lot of good hype about it, but I'm so interested in continuing. Um, but my Titans Volume 2 is coming out soon. Nice. So mm. um, I'll be getting that um, and a bunch of creator-owned titles. Uh, I review comics here every mm -hmm. week, so yeah, I, I get um, a lot of the new ones. I get access to all the you know, first issues yeah, of sure. all these books. Um, cool. Legacy, I'll kind of hear how it goes before. Mm -hmm. But and I also finished Supergirl season one last night. Uh -huh. Um and so Supergirl? I'll be yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's one it's a lot of fun. Oh, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I have my biggest takeaway from season one that I just find a little just hilarious footnote about it is that so Superman doesn't show up in season one. He comes in in season mm -hmm. two and in season one they're texting back and forth uh, him and Supergirl. Oh, God. And um, I mean, it sounds it, terrible. No, no it, it might sucks. be good, no, but it no, sounds no. freaking terrible. But this is it's hilarious <laughs> because so she's receiving the messages from Clark on her tablet and all that and. I swear, this C this CW version of Clark Kent texts faster than a teenage girl because, like, that like as soon as she sends a message, it the full sentence popped up the next. I'm like, I don't care if you're Superman, you do not text that fast. Like, maybe that, that was just. Do one you thing, think it was another superpower? Yeah, I know. Superpower. Yeah, he's just like. Poof. I'm like that is the most CW yeah, thing you yeah, could possibly yeah. do. You have Superman is texting like a teenage girl. Oh jeez, so, that was just, like, CW all the stuff to do. Oh man, <laughs> it's just one of the. It's he's like, giving her advice, man. Yeah. yeah. I love it's, it. It's but. Dear Abby, except it's Dear Superman. Yeah, but that um, was a that was yeah. CBS show first too, right? It was yes. on CBS, yeah, was right? on CBS. and then they moved that it first to season was CBS, and yep. then uh, do you watch it? I do. I watch all of those. Um, oh, Arrowverse and all I, that. Yeah, like I the, I don't watch as much Arrow, but the Flash yeah. I'm always watching. Yeah, yep. Supergirl I always watch. Nice. Yep. Did you fall off the Arrow? You used to watch it. My wife loves Arrow, so she you know she's more into. That I have one, like but. a not a love hate relationship, but kind of like, it, but. There are just points where I'm super into it, mm -hmm. and then others where it's just kind of, uh, we've been here before. It's yeah. too, when it takes itself when too you're seriously. Season seven you know, or whatever it's on, though. That's I mean. the thing. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, it's like a supernatural thing, but I mean, any, I call anyone a devoted fan if they've watched, you know, mm -hmm. at least five seasons of you know, <laughs> know, like, you know, but, Damn. So, yeah. That's like, a big commitment, especially those seasons. We're talking about 23, 24 episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. this isn't like, it's you know, British yeah, TV yeah. where there's three episodes a season. Yeah. Right. Um, and, um, so aside from right, right, so mm -hmm. it is good. That, that BBC Sherlock was the the that, yeah. set, that I think it was season two, episode two maybe where it was him and the the young lady I forget her name, but um he, she had the uh the the um the ringtone, uh gosh I can't even remember I ringtone, about, ringtone. But I can't get, I can't she had the, the ringtone where she was moaning. It was a sound of her moaning was his ringtone for her. Oh and, um you're not talking about Irene Adler. Yes. Okay. Irene Adler. Yeah. Yes. Man, that episode really was like, man, this, I gotta is, go back. this is good TV. Like, yeah. it was really good. No, they, they really do. You know, I as a guilty pleasure, I even watch uh, Elementary, the U.S. Yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like uh, it. It's not as good as oh, Sherlock, not but, even close yeah. as but I mean, it's a different type of thing. It's mm -hmm. an episodic, uh, serialized thing. So anyway, um, anything on the horizon aside from Star Trek? Um, you want to see it, obviously. I want to see it. Um, if we have time, we might go tonight and see if we, oh, you know, yeah. we can squeeze nice. it in before we go. You might be able to. Kids. Yeah, it's yeah. playing like every half hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we might might be able to go catch that, and then um, you know, the spinoffs. So King Supreme will spin off, and then um, um, Lumberjacks, and then Black Scorpion. We have those those series all written and, nice. and planned to to spin off from Ace Blade. So awesome. You get those are the work plans. on that. 
Yeah, those little plants. It. Cool. Um, so yeah, for me, uh, I'm gonna watch the second episode of the Silkworm uh, uh, Strike thing. It came on last Sunday, and so I'm gonna find it somewhere today mm-hmm. and then watch it. Um, obviously, playing more Destiny Two, been playing the hell out of that. A lot mm-hmm. of other games. And one of these days soon, I'm gonna get to that Horizon Man, man because really I've good. heard the story is phenomenal. It's really good. Oh man, see that that's just you're just like person one thousand and one that's told me how great that game is. Man, so I mean, I have it. <laughs> It's sitting at home, ready to like consume my life. Hey, look, not, like, don't don't open it until you're ready. Though I'm telling I, you, because because most likely, you know, you'll you'll it's all consuming. It's really it really is. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, on that note, um, pitch. Uh, um, yeah, where where yeah. you can find us? Um, so you can find us on thejoyofgeek.net for all of our written content and our podcast. You can find everything there. Um, but we also have the podcast available on Podbean, iTunes. Look um, look for the joy of gaming if you're on Podbean. Yeah, it's all under that for the time being. And then you know find us on twitter and facebook you can find me on twitter at kw find me on um, twitter at rt lapore danny you on twitter i'm on twitter at the ace blade awesome. oh so it right. is I follow, you i followed you it's I followed secretly you. him yeah i followed you it's I him all of those. I get he's all those. he was front yep. and he's like yeah i'm not cut i'm not i'm not, pl- I'm not pl- <laughs> <laughs> no i am yeah 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 right yeah i think it's a secret identity yeah, yeah. Right? He, i know government a lot of worker comic- by day <laughs> ace blade by night what I know a lot of comic creators though who they do change their Twitter name to whatever book they're promoting mm. right now. So yeah, yeah, I that's usually that, most that's the one I'm on Twitter for. I don't, sure. you know, I try not. There's a bunch of stuff on there, but mm-hmm. I try to, yeah. you know, promote the promotion. Comic, so. sure. Right, right, Absolutely. awesome. Where and else you, can they find you? Um, our website is um, fourthwallpros.com. You know, you can find everything there, and then like and all the links all to the Kickstarter are there. Right. We'll, yeah, we'll also include links to the Kickstarter in the show definitely. notes. Thanks, and then um, and when, what is the Kickstarter running from? It's running um, from now. This is the first week, so we got three more weeks. I think October thirteenth or October seventeenth or something like that is the last. last so week. when this episode goes up, uh, it will probably be about two weeks till the end of Kickstarter. Okay. So that's awesome. that'll be perfect. Awesome, awesome. Um, give it, give it some, uh, some push. Well, anyway, on that note, I'm Rich Lapore, Kevin Schaefer, Danny J. Quick, and we will uh, see you all soon. Take care.